Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Open Network User Group Podcast. I'm Mark Tierney. I'm Oneg CTO. Listen, today is the first in a series, an Oneg C-level series, and we're going to be talking about driving hyper-automation and the hyper-automation narrative through collaboration. All right, and before we get to the first very important guest, listen up. Oneg Fall 2022 is going to be a hybrid event. It's going to be at Center 415 on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. That's right, kids. New York City, October 19th and 20th. I can't wait. Join ONA, the community of global 2000 companies, enterprise architects, cloud providers, and thought leaders. And listen, we're going to be really focusing on what our working groups are doing. There's some incredible speakers. Raytheon is the uh, the host of this fall's uh, session. I'll go ahead and point out, especially because of our speaker, we're going to be doing a live demonstration in our orchestration automation pavilion it's going to be a great great uh, opportunity to see what some uh, really uh, forward-thinking suppliers are doing in the automation space in the orchestration automation speed uh, space so go to onug.net to register for the event do it now do it today all right and i'm going to give you a special promo code you can use marks podcast and i'm going to give you 30 percent discount off the registration so do that do it now uh, well listen to the podcast first and then do it all right all right but joining me today for today's podcast dale smith dale is the founder and chief marketing officer at orchestral um dale thanks for coming on with me man i really appreciate it thanks for having me mark it's a, it's I, a pleasure i, and, I feel uh, like Dale, you're a leader. You're a strong leader, strong voice on the ONA team. And you get me. Like, I know you do. You understand what makes me tick. And it's uh, so I appreciate you being on the on the team. Go ahead and uh, share with uh, the audience a little bit about yourself. OK, let, let help the audience get to know you a little better before we jump into this hyper automation craziness. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again for inviting me to. Uh spend a little time here on the podcast, Mark. I don't think there's anything more natural and more organic than two guys sitting around talking about hyper automation. This is what we're going to do today. So <laughs> that's twisted all by itself. So we're starting off. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you said, I'm Dale Smith. I am uh, one of the founders and chief marketing officer of a company called orchestral.ai. And probably the best way to uh, describe what Orchestral is all about, we are uh, an enterprise software company really focused on helping uh, companies automate, orchestrate, and ultimately make their infrastructure autonomous, their IT infrastructure autonomous. I've, uh, I've been with Orchestral since the beginning, so it's been about two years now. Prior to that, uh, Spent some time at a company called Force 10, which was purchased by Dell and is now their Ethernet switching uh, group. And then prior to that, uh, did some years at uh, Cisco and uh, division of Dell South. So my background really has been starting in engineering. So I used to be one of those spacecraft electronics engineers, rocket scientists back in the day. Wow. That was fun. I'll tell you about that some other time. Um, yeah, I do. And then uh, over the years have migrated from a purely engineering focused role to business development, product management. And then for the last 10 or 15 years or so, really focused on building out the 
um, the digital infrastructure, uh, primarily for startups. And that's what I really enjoy doing. Did you grow up in the Helping US? Them. Are you uh, East Coast, West Coast, uh, South Coast? Where, where are you from? Refugee from the Midwest that escaped to sunny shores of California at the first opportunity. All right. Way back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, okay. So like I said, um, you are a very strong voice on the ONUG orchestration automation working group. And what was it? Sometime mid last year, Gartner dropped a thing like they often do a new term right or yes. at least it felt like a new term and it was hyper automation right and you 2019 uh, actually is that right i okay yeah fair enough i felt like you were uh you know the strongest voice on the team in uh suggesting that that the uh, the, the collaboration team, the working groups, uh, specifically the ONA, Orchestration Automation Working Group, start really turning our attention towards, you know, what this means, what it should mean. Um, mm -hmm. And then my bias, as everybody knows, is, uh, you know, I, I, I wear the hat of the enterprise consumer. And I'm always like, yeah, okay, so what? Like, what, is it, what does it really mean um, to the, the consuming uh, customer, where you know, where does this add value? And more than anything, Dale, like, how do we sort of separate the wheat from the chaff on this sort of thing? And I actually blogged about it uh, at in the Onug newsletter, this uh, this uh, most recent newsletter, because I feel like what happens is a you know term gets dropped, and yeah. suppliers sort of rush to fill a nomenclature vacuum and figure out how, all right, how do I insert this into, into our right. nomenclature? Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, on the consumer sides, really Dale, the same thing happens, right? The executives hear about a new term and they ask their, their IT staffs, Oh, what, what are we doing in this space? What, you know, what are we, uh, how are we addressing in this case, hyper automation and their, uh, you, you end up finding yourself in this rationale mode. How do I explain why I'm doing something or why I'm not doing something? Um, mm -hmm. And I don't like it. Sometimes it uh, sometimes it reeks of uh, you know intellectual dishonesty. Uh, it doesn't have to, uh, but it can. And you know what? One of the reasons why I like our or my role in particular at, at Onug is really enabling the consumer, the IT consumer to like just separate through all that and figure out what the sure. right thing to do is and why, and then, and then create uh, rationale and, and narratives around it. So tell me what was important to you when you saw this come out. Well, <clears throat> certainly um, I would challenge anybody uh, who would claim that there isn't uh, uh, a certain element of, of herd trendiness in tech. It most certainly is. Buzzwords come out and people glob onto them. And, well, they'll, they'll look around first and, and see if it's catching on. And if it is, then they'll grab it and, and, and super glue it to whatever it is they're offering and hope for the best. 
and maybe that's there, there was a little bit of that um, associated with um, hyper automation but you know when you when you sort of dig into how Gartner has defined it and how others have kind of socialized the term you know there's actually there's actually some meat that goes on those bones and in the broad frame hyper automation really is about um, an attitude and an approach to addressing some of the most urgent sea level concerns around accelerated growth and greater um, agility and resiliency for the enterprise, being able to transform um, in a way that ensures the enterprise is relevant to the future. So it's not about a single technology. It's about um, <clears throat> an approach to automation, namely automate anything that makes sense to automate and is within scope to automate um, as quickly as possible. Now, that sounds like a formula for chaos. And uh, if it's not approached in a disciplined and organized way, then yeah, it can be uh, a formula for chaos. But it's really the mindset and the recognition that hyper automation is a team sport. We've seen automation go through these various stages, and even in the the uh, ONA working group, the hyper automation working group. Mm -hmm. Now that we've we've evolved, yep, we have a automation maturity curve. And in those first couple of stages, where you've got some scripts and some other uh, very uh, domain specific and siloed bits of mm -hmm. automation. Uh, it's kind of a you know single single player sport, single domain sport. Hyper automation really gets us thinking about how to bring down those walls between domains and silos, and looking at the broader picture of how do we orchestrate business processes across functional areas, across. Uh, those siloed domains uh, in a way that ensures value to the business at the points within the business uh, where that value can be consumed and can be analyzed and optimized. So with our customers, you know, now <clears throat> having said all that, Orchestral is really about um, applying technologies many of which fall under that umbrella that Gardner has defined for hyper-automation. I think they, they include about nine distinct technologies, um, not limited to that, of course, but including uh, AI, machine learning, event-driven event architecture, uh, low-code, no-code tools. Uh, all of these are within scope of what we do, but our real... Um, value proposition is ensuring that that infrastructure is capable of supporting hyper automation initiatives, uh, regardless of where they may start or where they the scope of where they may uh, attempt to reach. So it might be within um, a, a business unit, looking at some sort of specific application like an HR application, uh, or it could be something in the back office to do with supply chain. 
So we, we really focus on the infrastructure, but much of hyper automation goes beyond infrastructure at the business level. And that's where you're going to see that's a what lot I, of... Yeah, and, and I'm, yeah. Glad you, I'm glad you're pointing that out because uh, I, I think you could, on the surface, unless you really dig into um, Gartner's white paper on the topic, you yeah. might just think, we've just repackaged digital transformation and it's much deeper than that. Uh, you know, I, to me, yes. it's, it's, you know, perhaps the intersection of, you know, digital transformation, um, uh, agility, and, you know, sort of uh, addressing maybe a component of, of how we become more agile organization um, by, you know, pulling in business technologists and mm -hmm. business processes into yes. our automation discussion uh, so we can get real value faster. Um, yeah. And, and, and to that, to that Mark, it, it's also the idea of the, of the culture. If your organization has a traditional culture, uh, particularly that's, that's within the, within the IT operations and infrastructure teams, IT teams, uh, that is very siloed and, and very domain oriented, um, hyper automation, provides an opportunity to reorient, to form these uh, teams, Gartner calls them fusion teams, others might call them centers of excellence, but it's really, uh, it's really saying, hey guys, you know, let's, let's take a look at the opportunity we have, not only for cost savings and operational efficiencies, but the real jewel in the crown for Hyper automation is the opportunity to transform business models. That's that's where it gets really interesting. You know, the, the most disruptive companies they don't just compete on the basis of a superior products and superior customer experience, but they innovate on the basis of their business models. If you're able to transform your business models in ways that your competitors are not even expecting. Uh, then you can make a real impact. Uh, and it makes, yeah, it makes so much sense. That. I'm definitely an apologist of the McKinsey uh, product model where, you know, we put products first. And so we don't, mm -hmm. it's not about the technology, right? It's how do we deliver products and services in a way that's effective, uh, agile, uh, you know, mm -hmm. easily consumable, frictionless, uh, in the way we uh, develop them and in the way that we consume them. And I feel like I feel like this hyper automation topic enables all of that, uh, puts uh, yeah. organizations in a, in a uh, new mindset. And uh, I think, you know, you're making the point, uh, you know, a cultural an opportunity to have some cultural change in sure. getting there, right? Making it happen. It, yeah, it's it's the umbrella under which um under under which this change can take place along with and and can be bought within the same room so to speak as a lot of initiatives that are already under underway i think gardner's studies have indicated that most large companies already have between four and ten initiatives underway that probably fall within the hyper automation uh initiative so even though they may not think so or are designated as such, um, 
the and I think that's what's important about what the ONUG hyperautomation working group is doing. It's providing an opportunity to um, put that broad umbrella in place and and help put meat on the bones in terms of helping folks understand uh, the journey, the automation journey, how that leads to this this concept of of AI ops, which we haven't talked about yet, but right. Um, right. it's probably worth noting that our movement toward a hyper automation working group um, was really about consolidating and bringing together the automation journey leading up to AI ops, which had its own working group. And then the AI ops working group, bringing that together and, uh, and clearly seeing that that defines hyper automation but also leaving it open for others who are not yet represented in the hyperautomation working group to uh, to come on in and, and help us paint the picture of value and connect the dots between the technology, the cultural and organizational adjustments, and on the other hand, the business value that gets delivered when you approach these things in an organized way. Yeah, uh, Dale, it makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that uh, it, it, I feel like Gartner's identified like several different domains inside of, of hyper automation. Do you think there are any of these that are, um, you know, should be a priority or, you know, initial focus by organizations? Are you seeing anything in the marketplace that, that organizations are trying to, you know, turn their attention to first? Are there some common common approaches that, uh, that you're seeing out there? Um, I, I think it's going to be, it's very much, um, dependent on the individual organization and where they are in their automation journey, what makes sense and for them to recognize that there is a, a larger context for any of the automation initiatives that they might already have underway. Some companies are well along with their RPA, robotic process automation projects. Um, that's probably a good place for them to start as far as saying, okay, this is good for a business unit or a functional area initiative. What more can we do? And, and how do we extend what we learn there? and operationalize it at a broader scale and a broader scope. So I don't think there's any one domain that represents the best place to start. Depends on- I mean, robotics is kind of a special, robotics is kind of a specialized thing, but I, I, you know, I, I can't help but think that you know, every, everyone, if they're not already there are, uh, and certainly the large enterprises are putting energy around you know, AI, ML, but I, I have to believe that sure. that particular um, direction, you know, in the, in the tech itself is uh, got to be on everyone's mind. And my, my initial beliefs uh, in, in that space were you're going to clear out the suckers, Dale, pretty fast. Those who can do it and those who can't, you know what I mean? Like, I, uh, you know, or you better yeah. go, you better get ready to, to, to buy it. Like if you can't build it, figure out how to buy it, um, yeah. you know, to deliver the types of, uh, services and solutions and products that you need, need to do. Am I, am I off base? I, it, 
I've been off base before, but I don't think I am here. Like, I think uh, if you're not, you know, if, if you, if you're an enterprise, you don't have your, your uh, directly understand your data, uh, you know, effectively and are positioned properly to implement uh, AIML, I think you're in trouble and you better be looking for other ways to get it done and compete. Tell me where I'm wrong. Um, okay. So um, beginning with your, your comments around RPA, we see RPA at the business unit or, or functional area quite a bit, although that's not something we, we, um, we focus on. That's not our, that's not our thing. Um, however, we, we have had interest in, um, how our platform, uh, enables RPA to do things that they aren't currently designed to do today. So the first part of my answer to your question, as far as uh, ALMI, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the long game. And a lot of AI uh, and ML deployments out there now are somewhat experimental and are in, in the early stages of finding the sweet spot for deployment and for broader adoption. Um, one of the things we focus on is ensuring that all of the elements are in place. And that by that, I mean all of the automation and orchestration. And by that, I mean multi-vendor, cross-domain, automation and orchestration. That platform's in place so that when you put the, the AI layer on top of that, and in our case, it's a it's an explainable artificial intelligence. And I'll, I'll go into detail later about what that means. But you put that layer on top and you can almost think of that as the brains with that platform of orchestration and automation being the brawn, the muscle that actually touches the infrastructure that actually executes the workflows uh, that actually responds to events occurring within that infrastructure and connecting that up into that intelligence layer gives you stateful awareness, gives you the ability to auto remediate, gives you the ability to approach uh, provisioning and cost optimization in a completely different way. In fact, in a way that that's not, not possible um, outside of having lots and lots of people deployed to perform those functions. So, for us, AI, ML are, rather ML is a necessary but not sufficient technology for the level of trustworthiness in the AI recommendations that is required for broad adoption. So I mentioned explainable AI just a minute ago. That's really about trustability. That's about high levels of predictability, high levels of explainability leading to high levels of trustability. Can I trust what the AI is telling me? And uh, that's that's one of the areas that we, we love to help uh, our customers get a better grasp for. And ultimately that that's what's required for broader adoption. What, what's the best way? So if, and, and I, I'm going to push you here, like, to, you know, the best you can, like to, to try to take uh, or, orchestral out of the, the puzzle. What, what is the, what are the basic uh, components of making that, uh, making that successful when you talk about trust 
you know, in, the, in context to AIML. I mean, to me, it's always about it's all about data. It's all about biases um, and things like that. So, uh, are, what else am I missing? Are there other things that uh, that you know enterprises need to do to uh, instill that kind of trust in this tech? Is that a fair like question? Context. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not a fair question. I don't... No, no, it's a it's a good question. Uh, it's it's about context. So it's important that the data. Uh, be uh, processed within a context. And so you have uh, a, a number of technologies that allow you to achieve that. Uh, it's also important that you look at uh, technologies like uh, Digital Twin, which enables you to create essentially a, a completely digital representation of your infrastructure, including your critical applications, but allows you to do some what-if scenarios, allows you to, to, to understand the fragility of your infrastructure, to mm -hmm. allow allows you to understand uh, such concepts as blast radius. So if something does break, you know, wh what's what's the impact? You know, what services do I lose? What customer um, connections are at risk when you do something like that? So it allows you to be able to be able to model um, the impact on customer experience or employee experience, as the case may be, um, when critical events happen within that infrastructure. So context is super important. And also, it's not about any one technology that gets you there. You know, one of the things I like about uh, uh, Gartner, Gartner's approach and this, the whole idea of hyper automation is it recognizes that um, for automation to achieve its true potential in the enterprise, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a team sport and it entails many technologies. And in some cases, a unique combination of those technologies to achieve differentiation and to achieve the broader adoption that we are all hoping for is on the vendor side of things. And, One of the uh, things I, I hope that answers your question, but yeah, it does. It does. I can blather yeah, on some know, more. Building building on on that that comment, uh, you know, Gartner. Uh, one of the things that they they put out in their initial report is you know what their expectations are, particularly in twenty twenty two around spending, right? And they. Yeah they report 80 percent uh 80 uh, of enterprises expect to increase their spending yep. in digital you know, business initiatives juxt you know sort of layered on top of 65 percent increasing their digital business pace right yes like, hey let's pick yep. it up kids like right uh and shortening timelines right so it's all you know all in this you know 70 to 80 percent range of yeah. expectations that organizations are going to be doing this um yeah. it's clear that this topic is a critical competitive issue again you better get on you better get on board the train of digital transformation including hyper automation you know type uh technologies or you, you may get left behind yeah, and I think you can actually think of hyper automation, Mark, as a as a means to an end, as a means for achieving uh, your aspirations around digital transformation. Um, that's kind of the way I see it. 
And another thing that, that Gartner mentioned, which I think is noteworthy, uh, and that is that uh, hyper-automation is no longer an option, but uh, a necessity as an orientation toward addressing the challenges of digital transformation and you know, continuing to be relevant to the future. Uh, you know, as organizations evolve, um, it's, it's super important. I think it makes sense too. also, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've drawn these comparisons before uh, on this show and in other forums where, you know, consumer, uh, sort of the consumerization, consumerism of enterprise technologies, right, is, you know, driving yeah. perceptions like what you, you mentioned experience. I'll jump right on that, right? Whether it's an employee experience or, uh, uh, or a customer experience, right? How we consume uh, solutions provided for us by, you know, big enterprises versus, you know, a consumer-based, you know, process. People want it. They want it fast and they want it easy and they want yeah. it new too. They want it flashy yeah. in some respects. I'm not su suggesting that's right or wrong. I, I don't know that it's right or wrong. All I know is that culturally it's a real thing. It is. And, and I, I think that's exciting. You know, just me personally, the fact that you have the, the democratization of, of technology, you, you have what are called business technologists who have, who com come together with folks having, you know, very specific domain expertise. And, uh, you, I mean, th this is where you, you, you see the potential of, of human creativity when folks get together and, uh, and collaborate. Uh, around specific problems, you, you start with a specific problem, but then as they go along, uh, they get a view of the broader scope of of what this technology can can do for them. Uh, I think Gartner refers to them as citizen developers and citizen data analysts and uh, and business technologists. And uh, it, when we talk to our customers, we're beginning to see a little bit of that. It's it's not just IT in the room. You know, there there are other folks. That are coming together in groups yeah. uh, yep. that are that are listening to okay, you know what what can we do? How do we do it? How do we get started? What's the business impact? Um, you know, what's the time to value? Uh, all of these issues, and we, it, it to me, it's 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 an exciting time. I'll tell you one of the things I didn't uh, see, um, at least at the level that I thought I would in uh, in Gartner's assessment and uh, and reporting of this is I, I thought it was a little weak in security in talking about how uh, how we um, adopt and incorporate um, a, a more secure mindset into all of this because honestly what's the point right uh, you know if, if we can't mm -hmm. also uh, and look at me I'm berating Gartner so, look out right there but um no and it's it, it, and you know i don't mean to overblow it or overstate it but uh we certainly spent a lot of time at onug talking about uh, you know connect secure observe and automate right and secure you know secure is right in there like it's got to be part of the discussion right every step of the way and uh, so yeah, people have got to keep their uh, keep their eye on that ball at all the, at all times. That's my belief, anyway. Yeah, certainly, certainly the the security guys have, have got to be you know have got to have an invitation to the party 
or else uh, the lights go out early. And that's well, and not to pick on you for saying that. I mean, I love to pick on you, but not not, not intentionally in this case. Uh, uh, you know, but we're all security guys. Like that's the thing. Like we all yeah. need to be. You know, have that mindset today. Um, yeah. And it's uh, talking about democratization of security would be. Uh, you know, would do us all well, right? Uh, when we're having this yeah. uh, this kind of discussion. Okay. I've talked your ear off. Um, I'm unfortunately going to have to wrap this up. Uh, you know, I learned a lot. You've told us a little bit about orchestra. Why don't we give you a, you know another minute or two just to, uh, uh, you know, blow your blow your horn about what's going on over there at or- orchestral and uh, how people can learn more. Um, at orchestral, we are um, we're having a, a good time helping our clients automate their infrastructure orchestrate it and and get it ready to be autonomous and uh so our 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 catchphrase is um you know pioneering autonomous infrastructure and i'm i'm just waiting for uh, gardner to give us a ring so they can learn more about what that means I'm watching my phone over there it's, like it's right around the corner man. right around the corner and um you know we we primarily work with uh companies that have large, complex distributed infrastructure. And we work with them across a broad range of use cases. You mentioned security, so security orchestration, uh, v, uh, VM, lifecycle management, um, identity management. Uh, there are a number of use cases and it, it's exciting to see uh, that this whole movement toward automation and the broader promise of AI-driven or explainable AI-driven uh, orchestration is beginning to be something in the in the front and the top of folks' minds. And it's 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 a good time to be in this space. You know, Gardner's uh, uh, Gardner's studies are, I think, well timed, and from what we're seeing. Uh, their enthusiasm is is not misplaced. I don't think. Well, I'll, I'll um, so, you know I'll just yeah. sort of wrap it up by saying you know thanks thanks to you and thanks to you this became really a hot topic on ONUG's orchestration and automation working group. Uh, you've provided wow. a lot of leadership in the working group, um, and well, whether it's you. you or you know the other the other suppliers that are part of that team, I you know I continue uh, always like. I'm gratified and, you know, always somewhat a bit astonished at how, you know, deferential, uh, you know, you and professional, all y'all are with each other, y'all being a Texas word, uh, you know, when uh, when we're working together and working together to help enterprise consumers, you know, do the right thing. And, uh, you know, you're part of that message. You're part of that, that working group that creates, uh, you know, roadmaps and guidelines and all of that. So, you know, thanks to you and thanks to Orchestral. Thanks for being the first, uh, Dale, to, well, you know, jump on this, this, uh, this series that, you know, takes a brave person, let's be honest, just to come on a podcast with me anyway. Um, thanks, so, Mark. Uh, I just, well, I just like to put a shout out um, to folks to get involved with ONUG. Um, to your point, it's, uh, it's a great experience to, uh, to have this interchange and this uh, sharing uh, from the vendor side of what we are sharing as our as our technology solutions and from the enterprise or consumer side as you say um, 
bringing new use cases for us to focus on and think about and come up with clever approaches to, to solving. So guys, come on. Onug's a great place to be. Come on in. That's Order's perfect. On. Thanks for that, Dale. So I'll wrap up. So, you know, one of the best ways to, to get involved is join the collaborative. You can find out about that at onug.net. And don't forget, Onug Fall 2022, October 19th yep. and 20th. It's at Center 415. Uh, it's Fifth Avenue, Manhattan, New York City. It's going to be a great time. And uh, like I mentioned in the beginning, live demonstrations, orchestration automation, the team that uh, Dale provides a lot of leadership on will be in a live pavilion doing a, doing a live demo, uh, live demos with a whole bunch of different providers. Also, our network cloud team. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be in a pavilion for the first time on the showroom floor. A lot of cool stuff going on there in the network cloud environment. And uh, you know why come see it because you'll know it works because you saw it in Onug. That's what we say. So uh, thanks again, Dale, for joining us, and thanks to everyone in the Onug community for uh, joining for this podcast. And we will see you on the next Onug. It was podcast. fun. Thanks, everybody. Good again, sometime. Thanks, Mark. Cheers.